GPS powered by SET. Welcome once again to Radio Primavera Sound, and it's my absolute pleasure that uh, I am talking to a musician whose music, whose music I've enjoyed over uh, considerably more than than twenty years. Uh, Alan Kem, uh, don't know how well I've pronounced that. Um, better known as Alan Brakes. Alan, how are you? Uh, I'm fine, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's an absolute pleasure. How's lockdown treating you? Uh, quite well. Um, I mean, it, it could it could be it could be worse. I, 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 I should not complain. I mean, uh, I'm living in the south of France, and the weather is is quite okay. And uh, I, I have a garden, and uh, I'm locked down with my two kids, my two boys, and uh, so we spend a lot of time together. And uh, I mean, it's okay. And I'm working as well in the studio. Uh, my my studio is in my home, and uh, so it's uh, a lot of things to do between my, my kids and my work. So I, I wanted to talk basically about your entire sort of life in, in, in music today, really. Um, and I, I read that in the late 1980s, you went a lot to the... You started getting into electronic music on the Paris rave scene. Yeah, correct. Uh, was, was rave a big thing in Paris? No, it, it was it was not. It was it was uh, really uh, underground. Uh, it was really a new uh, a new scene for just a few people. Uh, but uh, some 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 parties were um, gathering like maybe you know, one thousand or two thousand people. But it was really a specialist scene uh, for. You know, kind of uh, hardcore fans, you know, like, uh, uh, but it was uh, an emerging, emer- emerging scene, uh, and it was not uh, popular uh, at the time, not at all. It was really underground. I- I've read that, for example, Philippe Zadar went to yeah. the Paris raves, um, and so did Laurent Garnier. Uh, so was it quite influential, even though uh, it was a small amount of people? I mean, it was extremely influential. Um, well, uh, so, I mean, to, to be um, to, to go more in details, uh, uh, if I if I remember correctly, it was uh, by the early nineties, uh, so probably ninety between 90 and 95. And by that time, Laurent Garnier was already uh, quite a famous DJ. So he was already uh, DJing in England or in Germany or in France, in Paris, in in some uh, underground parties. And there were a lot of um, local DJs and sometimes some guests from uh, the UK or from uh, America. But at that time, when I was going in in this kind of party, I was not really uh, aware of who was playing or I was not uh, a fan of, of a specific DJ or whatever. I was just in search of a, of a, a new sound, uh, which was the techno sound or the house sound. I was, my knowledge was uh, poor at the beginning. I was, uh, and I, I 
I was just uh, yeah looking for new music, and it was a, a kind of um, I don't know how to describe this to describe this feeling. It was completely new. Uh, so. so uh, people like uh, I didn't have the chance to meet uh, Philip Starr, for instance, uh, by that time. But we we were, we were all uh, in this same space, the same parties, discovering this new this new sound. Uh, so it could be people like uh, Philip Starr or uh, Thomas Gimanuel from Daft Punk or uh, uh, a lot of artists. Uh, at that time, uh, we were just. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm, I spent the whole day uh, mixing, and <laughs> my brain is. Um, well, uh, it was influential, but not not in the um, in the way we could understand it t today. With uh, uh, very famous DJs, uh, star DJs, or whatever, it was uh, influential mainly by the music by itself. You know, uh, the music was so new that. That the music was the influence, not the DJs or the the marketing around it or whatever. It was just music. Uh, that's it. And you you got into music production. How did that happen? Did you always make music, or was it sort of the rave that inspired you? Uh, I, I made music uh, when I was a, uh, a child. I, I, I've been learning uh, to play cello for ten years. I also played a bit of bass guitar and uh, clarinet, and then I stopped everything uh, when I was 15 years old. Uh, and uh, I made music again when I, after my national service, uh, when I was 26 years old, and I made music. Uh, I mean, I, I decided to, to give it a chance uh, as a as a professional. Um, I mean, I, I've decided to give it a chance, yeah, as as a as a professional as a job uh, because I had no option. I failed in my studies at the university, and um, so I entered the music business uh, by default. Uh, in in fact. Uh, not really by default, but by the age of 26, I just realized that, yeah, I had no degree, uh, no uh, job perspective. And then I realized that uh, I've always been interested by music uh, since I was a kid. And then uh, in my mind, I switched from, uh, OK, uh, instead of trying to uh, keep on going at the university and trying to get a degree, uh, degree uh, why not? Uh, uh, trying to make music and uh, make a job uh, out of it. And when was it that you started, that you realized with music that you were doing something different, something that didn't just sound like those, you know, American techno records? I didn't re realize uh, anything. When I started making music, I didn't realize anything at all. I, I just started to make music. Uh, I bought some equipment and I tried to deal with it. Uh, and I just uh, did what I could. And I played my demos to uh, Thomas Borgalter and uh, he, he liked some, some of the demos. And uh, he released one on his uh, label, Roulet. Uh, but 
um, I didn't realize or had a specific plan or I've, I've just tried to deal with uh, the equipment I had uh, and do my best to, uh, to do a track uh, uh, the best I could. Um, but I, 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 did, I, I was not in a situation where I was, uh, okay, I, I realized that I can do this or what. I, I was just trying to deal with the situation. Um, as you mentioned, your, your debut single, Vertigo, came out on Thomas Van Galter's Roulet label mm-hmm. um, with a remix from Thomas himself uh, mm-hmm. at the time when, you know, well, Daft Punk is still obviously a, a massive band. Yeah. Um, how did it feel to come onto this label and get, get you know, get a remix from, from one of the biggest sort of artists in electronic music at the time? Well, it was amazing. Uh, I mean, it, it was the best... Uh, the- the best that that could happen to me. I mean, it was my first my first release, and to have your first release on Roulet at that time was really a, a good, uh, a very good start because Roulet uh, was already a kind of a pioneering uh, label with a very specific sound. So it was uh, to be connected with Stoma and this label was uh, the best option. Uh, I mean, the best that could happen to me. Uh, so I was very very happy. I, I felt that. Roulet, in a way, had quite a family feel to it. Obviously, your your cousin Stefan also yep. recorded for it, um, DJ Falcon, um, and a lot of the artists on Roulet appeared on other people's records and remixed other people. Did did it feel like a family in some way, or sort of more than a label? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, uh, well. It was it was pure. Uh, it, it was not. Rudy was not a label like you can imagine a label like with a, an office and a, a lot of people working. It that, that was just uh, Thomas and Gilda, uh, who is now um, the head of Kitsune. Uh, but at that time, he was working with uh, at the office with uh, with Thomas. And uh, a few artists around it. So uh, yeah, DJ Falcon, uh, uh, Roy Davis, uh, Thomas himself, uh, um, the brother of uh, Guy Manuel, Playpool, uh, and uh, we, yeah, it was a bunch of friends and uh, making music uh, and releasing on Roulet and uh, Cri d'Amour as well. And uh, so it was yeah, really cool, really relaxed and no pressure at all. Um, we're going to play a song now, um, and I want to ask, should we play, well, we're going to play Vertigo, but original or remix? Uh, I, it's up to you, as you like. Uh, people people uh, tend to enjoy the, the, I mean, the remix is very, uh, is really fun and very uh, effective, but uh, I like the original as well. The original is... Uh, it's, it's, it's a bit difficult, but uh, I like it. It's up to you. You decide. Let's play the original. Original. It's a wonderful record.
That was Vertigo by Alan Brakes. And we're, we're talking, Alan, about his, about his um, career in, in music. Um, we just talked about Roulet. And now, I, I guess the next stage is Stardust. Yeah. Um, I, I actually remember, I was living in Paris in 1997. And I think I remember seeing the flyer for the gig um, that you were playing when Stardust came together. Yeah. And I had absolutely no money at the time. I didn't go. So that's something I've regretted ever since. But um, how how did you... Can you explain how did how Stardust came together? You, you basically had a gig planned at the Rex Club, right? Yes, correct. Um, uh, right after uh, the release of uh, Vertigo, I, I've been invited uh, uh, to do a live performance uh, at the Rex Club. Um, and uh, instead of uh, playing alone, alone, I um, uh, I suggested to Thomas and uh, an old friend of mine, uh, Benjamin, to come on stage and play with me. Um, so we did a few re- rehearsals in a studio, like three or four rehearsals, and together. And during the last one, um, the last re- rehearsing session. We had the feeling that we had one track missing. We need we needed some uh, something like five uh, to ten minutes more music. So we we started listening to uh, some twelve inch, and we found this sample from Chakakan from a, a song calling Fate. Uh, we sampled it and we played we played it. Uh, during the live show, uh, Thomas was playing the keyboard, uh, Benjamin was uh, singing, and I was playing with a um, SP1200, which is a sam- sampling machine, drum machine. And um, so we played the, the song, um, a kind of demo of the song during the show, and then um, uh, afterward we spent one week in the studio uh, producing the song for for real, uh, uh, we spent a, a, whole week, a whole week. Did you realize how special it was when you made it? Um, yeah, uh, we, we realized that it was special. We didn't realize that it was uh, going to be a, a hit, but we realized that it was special because it was a very, when when we listened to to it uh, to the master, it was, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, a Sunday, uh, and uh, yeah, we we had the feeling that it was very special because it was extremely repetitive, extremely uh, simple, basic, and so we we didn't know exactly what to expect with it. We were happy with the result. Is there any more Stardust material? That, that is in the vaults. So, so, yeah, there have been a, a few, a few demos, a few more demos, but uh, nothing really, uh, 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 really at the demo demo stage. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing that will ever see the light of day. No, no. no. <laughs> so, uh, moving on, in two thousand, I think you launched um, your label Vulture. Yeah. Um, with a single with. Fred Falk called uh, Intro, which yes. um, this is, uh, and I'm being genuine here, and actually, I think, perfect piece of music in that I literally can't see how it could be improved. Um, first, how, how did the com- uh, collaboration with Fred come about? 
Um, I, I met uh, Fred during the national service. Uh, we were um, both musicians for the French army uh, because at that time we, we had to spend one year uh, for the national service. So we were a musician and I, I met him uh, so during the national service and afterward we decided, uh, okay, we, we have fun together. Uh, let's try to make music. Um, and so we started a uh, collaboration and um, yeah intro was the first the first our first uh, release uh, and and that's it i mean it was a uh, fred was not uh, really into sampling or electro music at that time he was he was really uh, a bass player or and a keyboard player and uh, so the mix, uh, the collaboration was interesting because he was a uh, kind of a live musician and me more into uh, the technical aspect, uh, like sampling, drum machine and uh, mixing. So it was a good match. That, that particular song, are there hundreds of versions of it or did you just oh, sort of... No, no, it? there is just one version of the song. Uh, it, it took us one day to do the song. Uh, uh, just one day, from like 9 a.m. Uh, to uh, 9 p.m. and not just uh, just one day, which okay. is really traumatic because uh, uh, sometimes uh, you can spend one month, two months, three months on a track, and it's getting worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and uh, but this this one song was just one day. Do you find that's generally true that when you it, are you one of those producers? I know there are some <clears throat> who, if a song doesn't work in you know a day, they 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 don't use it because it's not got that magic. Or do, are you happy to go back and work on things for a month? <clears throat> I, I, I can try. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's a huge problematic. It's the main problematic. Is uh, most of the times the good idea are coming in one second. Uh, and it's magic. It sounds good, and well, it sounds good. It's it's sincere, it's honest, and it's authentic. But sometimes it doesn't sound good, and then you uh, you try to uh, to improve the idea. And when you try to improve, uh, there are a lot of chances that you you lose the original uh, honesty of the idea. So it's it's very complex to preserve. The, this first feeling and most of the time you, you you feel too shy to to release it because it's full of um, uh, default and uh, problem uh, problems it doesn't sound good it is, the mix is not good too much bass uh, the snare is bad or whatever you enter a kind of paranoiac uh, uh, situation and uh, so it's it's a problem I think for a lot of producers uh, but I I am uh, part of this kind of producer who, who feel like uh, the, 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 the fastest is, uh, is the best so I mean, uh, the more you work on a track the worse it, it, it gets but some producers have the ability to to do it to, to work for weeks months and but I'm not part of this guy. Who who were your influences, particularly um, when you started making music? Because there's a quite 80s feel, I think, particularly 
um, to a lot of the stuff you did round about then. Obviously, that song's famously sampled the, the I, Jets. I, I, uh, I can't name a specific influence, but I think the the it all comes from my teenage from from, from my teenage uh, time. Uh, from for the, it, it all comes from the music I was listening when I was between uh, 12 and 16 years old, or even when I was a kid. Uh, I have an older brother who is 10 years older than me, and uh, he was listening to a lot of uh, punk music. Um, uh, so uh, it, it's a mix of uh, influences from my brother, from what I started to listen when I was a teenager, so hip-hop, uh, R&B, and it's a mix of, of this. Uh, but uh, it's very hard for me to, to, de- to define uh, whose producer has influenced me or whatever. So I want to play one song uh, now from your collaboration with Fred. Mm-hmm. Which one would you, would you choose? Uh... Uh, there is a song uh, calling uh, Rubicon, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, w- which is a good one because uh, it took us one week to to produce it. It's all all, all done with uh, hardware, no computer, and we we had to uh, to keep the all the machines uh, switched on because there was no proper backup. Uh, uh, options and um, it was pure fun to record this song um, from the beginning till the end. Just fun. Uh, we had a lot of fun during, uh, recording this song. We'll play that. This is Alan Brakes and Fred Folk Rubicon.
So I, w- I want to ask you about remixing, which is something um, I think you've always been very good at, and you've done for some really big names, um, Beyonce, um, Jamiroquai, um, really, I mean, how, how do you approach a remix? Are you very respectful of um, the source material, or do you just sort of see it as something to play around with? Uh, yeah, I am extremely uh, respectful of uh, the original material. Uh, I keep the vocal uh, most of the time. I, I mean, when, when when you do a remix, uh, there are a lot of options. Uh, you can just keep a, uh, very few elements from the original, uh, or you try to, to keep as much as you can. So, uh, most of the time, what I do is uh, I keep the vocal the, as much as I can in the vocal, and I build a new inst- instrumental um, for for the vocal. Uh, this is what I do. And do you ever get intimidated if it's a particularly big name, or is it the same if it's a Beyonce? Then it's a test icicles for to say to give an example. Uh, it's uh, no. It's always uh, well. I, uh, no, it's always uh, as soon as I uh, start to make music, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on me. So uh, it could be uh, for remix or for my music or whatever. It's always a lot of pressure. So I have enough pressure. But I put enough pressure on me for by myself. So. Test and sequel or Beyonce, it's not going to change. I, I just hope that the remix is going to be good and okay globally. I mean, th- this is like asking your favorite child, but do you have a favorite remix that you've done? Uh, yes, it's one of my first remixes. Uh, for, uh, it's, it's calling uh, Daddy's Favorite, uh, and don't remember the name of the track. <laughs> I, good I, things for you is that the one yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, i feel good things for you yeah w- which is basically uh, a remix of uh, patrice russian uh, i mean it's a remix from a track who has sampled patrice russian and then i did a remix of this track uh, and it's it's good it's very very simple very basic i think it's good uh, and another one for uh, britney spears um it's a remix um i did Two remix for, uh, I, I mean, uh, for Britney Spears, uh, the main remix. I took uh, one week to do it, and I did a, another uh, version uh, in one night. And I didn't have enough time to finish it, but I sent it to the label anyway, and they, they liked it. But the, the remix is just one minute thirty long. I pressed it on vinyl anyway, and it's I, I like it. It's 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 quite it's quite good. I think. I mean, at, at that level, do you get? Um, much reaction from the people you've been remixing? Would you ever hear like, oh, Britney likes it, or is it you just hear back from the label? Oh, most of the time you you hear back from the from the label, but sometimes you have feedback from the artist uh, uh, as well. Uh, uh, in 1998, for it was very nice. Uh, I, we did uh, with Benjamin Diamond. We did a, a, a remix for uh, Bjork, and she sent us uh, flowers. <laughs> Big. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know the name of that, but a lot of flowers because she was very happy with the remix. So. Uh, but sometimes you have feedback by email or things that they, they love the remix. Yeah. 
I think flowers are nicer than email, I think. Yeah, they are. It's good. It's very nice. So the, there followed um, a, a run of brilliant releases on um, Vulture. Um, you worked uh, with people like Chris Menes, for example. There were solo releases and things. Um, and then, I believe from 2008 until 2013, you didn't release any new music under your name. Is that right? Um, yeah, it is. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> well, what were you doing in that period? Were you sort of working... I mean, there, there were remixes, I know, presumably production, but what, what were you doing in those in those five years? Um, I was probably uh, taking care of my label, uh, releasing music uh, from other artists. Uh, I was also remixing, uh, doing uh, remixes, trying to do music for, for me, but with no success. I was not happy with uh, what I was doing for me, and so that's it. But uh, non-stop working, but uh, yeah, uh, production, remixes, and taking care of my label. Um, there was a release uh, with the the Spines. I, I hope yeah. I've said that right in 2013, and yeah. then uh, 2019, you came back with a solo record called The Ascent, and yeah. you changed your production methods radically. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to do that? Um, because I spent. Uh, a lot of time on the computer um, with uh, experimenting with plugins, uh, instrument or production plugins like uh, EQ, effect, delays, whatever. Uh, so, I, and uh, it ended up that I was uh, with this feeling that I was not happy anymore because uh, I had the feeling of uh, that I simply lost the, the original vibe. I had when I started making music. When I started making music, I just had a, a SP1200 and a mixer, a compressor, and, and that's it. And it was very um, simple. And uh, so I decided in 2018 to go back to this kind of setup, just focus on one instrument. So in this case, now it's a modular synthesizer. And um, I just just use this and uh, uh, go deep, deep in the instrument. How do you feel your, your music um, fits with, you know, the, the world of electronic music in 2019 and 2020? I mean, the, the reason I ask is because I hear a lot of music that I would say is influenced by that sort of uh, 90s, 2000s French production. Um, I hear a lot of that now. Do, do you do you feel your music fits in in well? Well, no. This, uh, this, this, this the last EP I released in uh, 2019 is really experimental. It's more like uh, cinematic music, or so. It's it's even it, it's not uh, dance music at all. It's it, it's uh, it's produced. With the same uh, equipment that uh, a techno producer would use, but uh, it's a totally different approach uh, musically. I mean, I'm still interested in club music. I still love to DJ. Uh, I love it. I love uh, uh, disco, club music, whatever. But uh, some, I felt like I needed to. Uh, I wanted to to explore uh, different music, but. Uh, I mean, I uh, I will keep on uh, release uh, club music as well. Or, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
Uh, okay, well, which song should we play from uh, The Ascent? Um, I think the best one is, uh, is the one calling uh, Spacer. Mm-hmm. Why, why that one? Uh, because it's done, um, it's, it's, uh, the, the way it's done is very interesting. It's, um, uh, how to explain that? It's, uh, there is just two oscillators from a synthesizer uh, playing. Uh, I mean, the score of the, of the track is extremely simple. It's, it's completely stupid, uh, in fact. Uh, but using some effects and some modulation, you it starts to evolve in something uh, quite complex. But so the basic principle, the basic music, the basic score is dramatically stupid. And so the, the way I, uh, the way it's done is quite interesting. This is why I love it. Okay, let's play that.
so um you uh, last year was the 20th anniversary of stardust i know there are a few 20th anniversary features those kind of things um how how did it feel to you know hit the 20th anniversary of something you've done i mean did it make you feel nostalgic did it make you think a lot about what you've done uh, uh nostalgic uh, i don't know uh because uh, nostalgic is, is it's 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 uh, being nostalgic is a kind of waste of time i mean it's uh, uh it ju- it just made me feel like uh, okay wow i'm i'm 48 years old now so <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's it's very uh, it's not easy because in my mind I still feel like I'm 20 years old, but I'm not. Uh, so yes, time is time is flying, and uh, I mean uh, I don't know what to say. It's uh, I, I just feel like I'm the same as uh, in 1998 when we met the track. Uh, I'm just trying to make music and uh, to be happy with it, and uh, so. Uh, same situation, so I'm, I'm just the same. You have collaborated with, with lots of people throughout your um, throughout all your time making music. What's the secret to a good collaboration? Uh, secret to a good collaboration is um, uh, trust, uh, mm-hmm. fun, and um, yeah, trust and fun. Uh, that's it. Trust, trust the other uh, opinion, um, and uh, having fun. Uh, if it's not fun, it, it, it doesn't worth it. And what's next for you? I believe you've got a new record coming out soon. Is that right? Well, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, I, I, it should be uh, released now, but I'm, I'm late with all this lockdown uh, and. <laughs> stuff but um i'm working on some remixes now um so a few uh, remixes to be released uh, quite soon i believe and then uh, yes uh, my next ep uh, so uh, probably um by the end of the summer i, I think and is it similar kind of modular modular synths or yes yeah, all uh, yeah as, as much uh, modular synth as possible, but uh, this time it's going to be uh, more clubby uh, and a bit, bit more fun. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, one final thing. So I want to I want to play out um, with one record uh, from your career. Which one should we play? That kind of record that sums up what you've done. Something old, new, collaboration, re- and anything. Uh, a- uh, a, good, a good one, I believe, is um, the Paradise. It's a collaboration with uh, Romuald. Uh, mm-hmm. a um, it's uh, I, I love it. It's same, same stuff. Uh, it's been, uh, it was very fast to do it, like two days or three days. Uh, and um, when I uh, it, it, it's been released in 2005, I, I, I believe. And uh, when I play it in clubs now, it's, it's, people are still happy with it. Uh, even young people, very young people, like uh, 18 or 19 years old, and they hear the track for the first time, first time, and they obviously they like it. So um, it makes me very happy.